It's time to talk sports, and that song means we're talking sports with one Michael Coe. Michael, thank you so much for being here this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. And um, I'm going to start with an unfair question. (laughs) I'm going to list four names. I want you to tell me which of these four student-athletes is performing at the highest level right now. Okay. Parker Wolf, Mm. Aranza Vasquez-Montano, R.J. Davis, Fiona Crawley. Is the answer D, all of the above? <laughs> I suppose mm. if that were an option, that would be yeah. the answer. But uh, those are four four people really peaking at the right time, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, R.J. Davis' story of the day around Chapel Hill and UNC. Just an outstanding performance, 42 points in 34 minutes on 22 shots. Uh, a lot of times when you see a guy scoring 40, it's because he shot the ball 50 or 40 times, but not the case with RJ. Uh, never felt like a shot he took was out of the rhythm of Carolina's offense. It always felt like the best shot that Carolina could get. And you know, on Monday night, uh, an RJ Davis shot was the best shot Carolina could get because he was pretty much the only Tar Heel who could put the ball in the basket Uh Every other Tar Heel combined for 33 points. RJ had 42. Every other Tar Heel combined for 13 made field goals. RJ had 14. No other Tar Heel scored more than eight points. Yeah, just an outstanding performance. He put the team on his back, in the words of Hubert Davis. To your point of it being kind of in the flow of things, I mean, it was obviously noticeable how many shots he was making. He was mm-hmm. he was shooting in a very high percent, but it. It wasn't kind of an outlandish performance to be as historic as it was numbers-wise. No, not really. I mean, during the first half, I mean, I knew that RJ was scoring a lot and that the rest of the team wasn't, but I looked down and I th- and I said, whoa, he's got 17 points. It didn't really feel like he had had a heat check moment until the second half. That was when he really started feeling himself. He took those four threes in a row and made them all when Car- the Smithson was going into hysterics. But yeah, it, a lot a lot of times it just feels like he's just calmly chipping away chipping away and you look up and he's got 15 points with not even 15 minutes played in the first half so yeah it was uh he he is really a quiet assassin and this came as i recall after a not great performance by his standards previously so yeah. that's really encouraging yeah only one made shot at virginia on saturday and i think that speaks to a, Carolina's team effort in winning that game in a place where they had not won a lot of games, and uh, B, sort of the outstanding defense that Virginia was playing on RJ. I know that they play a unique style, but you have to wonder if teams will look at that Virginia game and look to see what Virginia did to shut him down and maybe play him that way for the rest of the season. Well, they're going to look at the Miami game and see how not to do it. Yeah, they'll just, throw, they'll just throw that entire tape out. <laughs> right, because wow. Um, any other kind of takeaways from, I guess, more more broadly, like the season as it winds down and, and how important that win ends up looking like? Yeah, I, I think there are some concerns that you can take from the win. Certainly the late game execution, which is something that we have talked about earlier, particularly in the first Miami game where UNC nearly gave that one away after leading by eight or nine points late in the second half, too. And We've seen it in other games. We saw it in the home game against Clemson where UNC tied it and then turned it over a bunch of times. We saw it in losses to Kentucky and Villanova. It's something that is certainly worth sort of pondering on if you're a Tar Heel fan, especially once we get closer to March Madness because there's no higher pressure than the NCAA tournament where if you lose, your season's over. And if Carolina 
keeps turning it over in the backcourt and keeps missing free throws like they did against the Hurricanes on Monday night, then could be a quick exit in March Madness, and that's not what anyone wants. Yeah, I don't really want to be that guy, but it is starting to feel like that's just like some important game in a really big moment. They're going to turn the ball over a whole bunch of times at the end like we've been seeing over and over, and it's going to be really bad. Yeah, I mean, you certainly hope not, but you can't argue with the tape. The video does not lie, and They've done that in important games this season. Hopefully you don't see it in the first round against 15-seed Northwestern State or someone like that, but you never know, and that is that is a concern. But as Hubert Davis said after the game, you would much rather have these learning and teaching moments after a win than after a loss, and Carolina got the win, clinched a top-two seed in the NCAA tournament, or excuse me, in the ACC mm-hmm. tournament, not the NCAA tournament, getting ahead of myself but clinched at least the number two seed in the ACC tournament next month, and that's a good position to be in for the Tar Heels. They got the double bye. Absolutely. We're visiting with Michael Coe, talking UNC sports. And um, what, where, where do you want to go next? There's a lot, a lot great going on. we got the Diamond Heels. We've got uh, track and field. We've got swimming and diving. We've got women's basketball. What's on your mind? Well, it was a good weekend for men's fencing and men's indoor track and field, both historic uh, ACC championships, the first for them uh, in well over 20 years uh, for both of those programs, uh, particularly good for the fencing team after the passing of Ron Miller, the legendary uh, longtime coach of the fencing programs at Carolina was there for over five decades, and uh, they dedicated that win to him. Such a great moment for them and head coach Matt Jednak and what has to have been a, um, an emotional season for, for the Tar Heels. What comes next for them? I believe it's the NCAA championships. I'm not entirely sure how the fencing schedule works, <laughs> right. but I will I will look that up. And then we also had uh, track and field with some pretty legendary performances from Parker Wolf and then uh, another ACC championship. Yeah, Parker Wolf, he now has two ACC championships this season with uh, men's cross country and men's indoor track and field. Just uh, just one of the more, more outstanding athletes on Carolina's campus. I know he's, he's a little le- uh, lower profile than someone like R.J. Davis or even Fiona Crawley, but you look at some of the things that he has done, breaking ACC records, meet records, NCAA records, uh, it is pretty outstanding. And uh, he's he's got the, the cross-country and track and field program really rolling in in a good spot, a program that was not really nationally competitive before he got there, I think it's fair to say, and now they are are winning conference championships left and right. One of the funny things about uh, about some of his records in particular is I know how long it takes me to run a mile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you, you watch R.J. Davis drop 41, and you know it would be terrible, but you don't really know what, like, the the mechanics of that's like yeah. on a play-by-play basis. But I know what running a mile is like. And, and it's very I, difficult. <laughs> if, if he gave me a half-a-mile head start, he'd still win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- those are those Coloradans, man. He's got those Colorado mile-high lungs, so he's, yes. he's moving with an unfair advantage. <laughs> but that's uh, it's always struck me that's one of those sports where you know. You, you know oh, other yeah. sports, there's a lot of moving parts, but if yeah. somebody's running a mile or running, running however distance, you kind of know what that's like for you. Yeah, but, I love those things where they put a competitive runner next to just an average person and they tell them to run a, a certain distance. They do it always around the Olympics, I feel like. Like, and the average person is just wheezing and dead on the track, and right. the, the competitive runners just hardly breaking a sweat. I seem to remember seeing this bit at baseball games a lot, too, where it's like, you win a prize if you could beat this mascot guy around the, <laughs> the track, and you get a head start, and then the mascot guy is like, you know, 
some you know borderline Olympic caliber yeah. runner that they've gotten dressed up. Yeah, out I think there. the Braves do that. I think <laughs> that seems right. I was at Braves games the yeah. most recent summer. So uh, where else do we want to go? Let's talk women's basketball a little bit. They sure. had kind of an up and down week mm-hmm. last week. Uh, again, we we talked about this in advance, but there's just so many good opponents in the ACC that. It's relentless on the schedule. Yeah, they had two really tough games against NC State and Virginia Tech, two top 10 teams. And honestly, if you look at what Carolina did, you have to be happy with a one-and-one split during that, that uh, two-game stretch. Beat NC State at home, got revenge on the Wolfpack, split the season series again with them, which is seems like what the Tar Heels and Wolfpack do every season. And then lost to Virginia Tech. That was always going to be a really difficult game. Virginia Tech was honoring uh, some of its seniors, some really outstanding seniors, Elizabeth Kitley, Georgia. Amor, two of their best players ever. So it was always going to be an emotional environment. It was sold out at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, and they played like a Final Four contender. Blew Carolina out of the water in the first quarter. Carolina actually cut that down to six in the, uh, by halftime and in the second half. So they didn't quit. They, they stayed competitive, I think, throughout the game. Virginia Tech just too much for them down the stretch, and now we're in the final week of the regular season, Andy. It's, it seems really weird to say because the men's team still has a ways to go, but the women, um, they only have two more games left until the ACC tournament. That's right. So we'll have a lot of questions answered here pretty soon for them. Uh, we're almost out of time, but we got to talk baseball a little bit here, too, since the Diamond Heels have gotten off to a pretty hot start and then ran into a pretty tough team last week, dropping that series. But what are you seeing from the baseball team so far? What's looking good to you? Yeah, I think we, we know that the bats are going to play pretty much every day. And that is what we saw in that series with ECU. Uh, Vance Honeycutt was named ACC Player of the Week. He hit three home runs in last week alone for for Carolina, batted 400. Um, he had that grand slam against Elon. He had a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning in the first game against ECU, the one that the Tar Heels won. And then the bats played well enough for Carolina to win that uh, series finale in Greenville on Sunday. Really a, a thrilling game, a great showcase for baseball in this state. Uh, but the pitching uh, still has a ways to go, I think, particularly the bullpen. The bullpen just could not hold a lead in that game against the Pirates on Sunday. They gave up the lead, I believe, three times in the late innings um, and then eventually gave up a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. So you would think that those would be the things that would need to develop more as the season goes on. Good news is that was only the second three-game series of the season, and it was against a really good team, and Carolina was competitive in all three games. Um, and you've got a ways to go before you're even thinking about going to the NCAA tournament or playing in Omaha. So Scott Forbes, he's got some really good talent to work with, and I'm excited to see what this team does later on in the season. As you said, you'll expect this team to hit pretty consistently. As far as the pitching and and the bullpen goes, are we in kind of a it is what it is and we hope it plays out well situation, or could we reasonably expect to see some development over the course of the year? Well, a lot of the pitchers are young and, and freshmen or transfers, so I think it is fa- fair to expect to see some development. The The starting pitching in particular was put in a really tough spot before the season even began when Jake Knapp, their projected number one starter, uh, had a UCL injury. He's out for the season, so when you're down your number one starter just days before opening day, that puts you in a tough spot. Good news is, though, their new number one starter, Folger Boaz, has looked really good. He uh, Carolina has won both of his starts, and uh, he pitched really well against ECU on Friday, and we know that ECU can hit. Um, so there is some talent there, as I said, and I think it is reasonable to expect some development. Uh, I think we'll be talking about a whole different set of issues for Carolina, or maybe no issues at all, come May and June. Michael Coe, 
writes for Chapelboro.com. You can read his uh, work there. You can also hear his work here on 97.9 The Hill. Uh, anything else in the world of sports that you want to mention before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I would just uh, quickly to shout out the softball team. They're playing really well under new head coach Megan smith Lyon. They're off to their best start since 2009, and they're playing again. T- uh, they're playing again right now, actually, at Anderson uh, Field against NC Central. So they're a fun team to watch. I know Anderson Field is a little bit uh, hard harder to get to because it's off campus, but if you, you want to go uh, support the softball team, they're really playing well right now. Definitely want to keep my eye on that team going forward. See, they they are off to a hot start they got a new coach and it looks like things are working out well yeah and softball's fun to watch absolutely michael thanks for joining us and i'll talk to you again soon yep thank you andy